international pressure is mounting against China's communist government. Beijing received global criticism for its mishandling of the COVID-19 crisis, and now it is accused of committing genocide. The U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom warns China's forced sterilization of Uyghur Muslims may meet the definition of genocide under international law. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is demanding that China end the practice of sterilizations and forced abortions. And Uyghur rights activists are calling on the International Criminal Court to investigate. Well, joining us with more is Saleh Hudayar. Mr. Hudayar is Prime Minister of the East Turkestan government in exile. Saleh, it's good to talk to you again, but I guess the reason isn't so good. So last time you were here, we discussed China forcibly removing Uyghurs from their homes putting them into forced labor during the COVID-19 crisis. So tell us, what is China doing to them now regarding forced abortion? So China has a long-standing policy of uh, forcibly aborting uh, Uyghur and other Turkic babies, initiated its uh, family planning policy back in 1979. In fact, according to the Chinese government, between 1979 and 2009, they prevented uh, 3.7 million illegal births uh, in East Turkestan. Wow. I mean, so this has been going on for a while. It isn't something new. Uh, why the attention now? So right now we have actual evidence that the Chinese government is actually carrying out uh, forced sterilization um, versus uh, forced abortions. Um, uh, Hundreds of thousands of Uyghur and other Turkic uh, women have been forcibly sterilized by the uh, Chinese government. So it goes beyond abortion. It's forced sterilization as well. And I'm sure the communist government, of course, would say, well, this is being done for population control. We have nearly a billion and a half people here. And I know in the past they've rejected the legitimacy of the International Criminal Court. So why do you think an ICC investigation now will make any difference? Well, the ICC, uh, as we can, as we've learned from the uh, Rohingya cases, whether um, it happens, you know, in the country or outside of a country, if there's another country involved, like an ICC member state, uh, that is involved in the persecution. In, the, in this case, we have uh, Cambodia and Tajikistan, uh, who have deported or prevent, uh, forcibly deported uh, Uyghurs that had sought refuge there to China, where they were then. Um, sent to uh, concentration camps, prisons, and uh, where their whereabouts are currently unknown in some situations. Well, yes, and on that, we've talked in the past about China sending Uyghur Muslims to detention camps for re-education. Uh, that's what they call it. At least one million have been forced into these camps. You believe it probably could be as high as three million. Uh, do you have evidence of that uh, that you could share with us on what's happening there? Yes. So as far as the concentration camps, our, our organization back in 2019 had uh, located over uh, 500 uh, concentration camps uh, and prisons and labor camps. And based on the testimonies of former detainees uh, on the layout of these facilities, uh, the size, we estimated that there was at least a uh, uh, 1 million, but more likely 3 million, which is the same number that was uh, confirmed by the uh, U.S. Department of Defense. That, that's unbelievable. Th as many as 3 million people in detention simply for being an ethnic group that isn't Chinese. Well, on another human rights issue affecting China, Hong Kong. 
the new national security law, it seems like similar tactics that have been used against Uyghurs in East Turkestan and Christians in mainland China are now being applied to people in Hong Kong. I know pro-democracy activists there are being arrested, but they say their movements are still alive. So what's the latest? I know you're in touch with them. What are they telling you? So the people of Hong Kong, uh, especially protesters, have been uh, trying to push back. Uh, but mostly at this point, they're trying to seek uh, international um, you know, involvement and to resolve this issue. Because uh, with this national security law, China can effectively imprison uh, anyone that you know, opposes their rule and label them as terrorists or separatists. But it's going to take a whole of an uh, international response to pressure China to back off from Hong Kong. And finally, last month, I know President Trump signed the Uyghur Human Rights and Policy Act. So why was that important, Sally? And what more can be done about these human rights violations, not only against Uyghurs, but also the people of Hong Kong? Firstly, the signing of the Uyghur Act was a huge uh, symbolic victory for our people who've been trying to seek justice uh, and put an end to these atrocities. Uh, the act would require, uh, the uh, would authorize the president, would give authorization to the president to sanction uh, Chinese officials that are responsible for these crimes that are being committed. Uh, it would also, you know, implement, uh, you know, other follow-up measures uh, to you know, investigate the issue. Um, this, this act uh, right now, it's yet to be officially implemented and that's why we're trying to uh, encourage the US government and other governments to actually do the same thing by sanctioning Chinese officials. Uh, this is another reason why we opened uh, a case at the uh, ICC. Okay, Sally Hudayar, Prime Minister of the East Turkestan government in exile. Thank you, good to see you again. Thanks for joining us. Likewise, thank you for having me.